Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're chilling on the beach with a bucket of beers in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, with my good friend Mike LaRosa of Coworkaholic. Mike shares how to avoid the rainy season, how to sign up for a taco tour of the city, and where to find the famous blue chairs on the beach. The show notes for Puerto Vallarta will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash PV. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Now, I avoid renting cars as much as possible when I travel, but sometimes you just need a car for a few hours. That's where Zipcar comes in. You can rent their cars by the hour or by the day, and both gas and insurance are included in one flat rate. Use our link to join at wetravelthere.com forward slash Zipcar to start out with $25 worth of credits in your bank. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. It's going to be really good to hear about Puerto Vallarta today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's one of my favorite places in the world. So you live in Puerto Vallarta. How did you get there or what's your connection to Puerto Vallarta? So my aunt and uncle are snowbirds, uh, early retirees. They uh, live in Toronto, but they winter in Puerto Vallarta. I first went down to visit them probably over five years ago. I was like, ooh, I could really see myself living here. So I uh, officially got my residency in Mexico at the end of last year. And so I spend probably as much as I can of four months a year in PB. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, I moved to Nashville earlier this year. And before this, I never understood the whole reason why people leave during the winter times to go to some of the warmer climates. Yeah. And now I'm starting to realize it. And I'm way further south than Toronto. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's better. I mean, I've been based in Chicago since 2016. So the first two winters were were pretty manageable and everyone would be like, Oh, you're getting, you're getting away really lucky. You know, it, it hasn't been that bad. And this winter was a doozy. So it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's just good luck that it happened in good timing. Sure. Sure. So speaking of the weather, when people come to Puerto Vallarta, what type of weather should they expect? Well, most definitely there are two distinctive rainy and dry seasons. So typically starting in around middle of October, it's very dry. It's tropical. I mean, you might get a little five or 10 minute, little burst of a rain cloud, but really it's gorgeous. Uh, highs in the low 80s, the lows uh, maybe the 60s in Fahrenheit, so maybe a little light sweater at night if it's breezy. The rest of the year, it can be very hot and wet, so there's most definitely a peak season to that town. Sure. Well, I mean, the good thing is that that dry season coincides very nicely with the winters in the North America, so that sounds perfect. Yeah. And I mean, if you take a look at just the airlines and the routes that service Puerto Vallarta, the airport's really growing, but it's primarily serving two demographics, retired Canadians and LGBT. Those are the main two expat communities. There are more and more families coming. There aren't as many kid, not, I wouldn't say kid friendly, but there's some all-inclusive resorts, you know, that are typically more oriented towards all family activities. There aren't that many of them, but there's more that are coming online. Okay. And now, for people that don't know exactly where Puerto Vallarta is, I was looking on the map, and it's almost due west of Mexico City and south of Cabo San Lucas. So it's about halfway down the country. Is that correct? It is. Yep. On the west coast, uh, Banderas Bay. So some people might have heard of Saliulita is also kind of a digital nomad or expat type town that's really popular. 
Other people know Puerto Vallarta because that was where uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton had their secret getaways. They could fly to PV and not have to deal with any paparazzi or photographers during multiple relationships off and on again. (laughs) So that's one of the fun little factoids about the Romantico zone. Her house was in plain sight. No one knew that she was there. Wow. So it's kind of like the the Vegas saying, what happens in Puerto Vallarta stays in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a town with a great nightlife, plenty of fun to be had. You know, in pop culture, anyone out there who likes the real housewives <laughs> know that one of the more famous housewives from Orange County, Vicky, she takes the girls to Puerto Vallarta every year. So uh, they always go dancing on the bars at Andales. So it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun to see the town, you know, kind of see it on TV and be like, oh, I go to there, or, you know. It's a, it's getting a little bit more attention uh, compared to bigger destinations in Mexico like Cozumel or Cancun or any of those. Nice. When people come down to Puerto Vallarta, what type of uh, activities are there? Are there certain festivals that people should should kind of plan around? Yeah. So what I like about PV is that it's got pretty much both of the different type of uh, warm weather tourism options. There are beautiful all-inclusive resorts. I know there's some people that really like the all-inclusive atmosphere and and style of traveling, right? Especially if you've got a lot of folks in your group or if you've got a family, it's nice to settle in at a place and have everything included. But that said, you know, the Romantico zone, the little old town, it's got tons of nightlife and these awesome Airbnbs that are on the hillside, giving you great views of the ocean. And so you can do anything from just chill on a beach at an all-inclusive all week. You know, they've got zipline, they've got four-wheeling, some of the other cultural type things. There's a lot of art in PV, um, a lot of beautiful galleries. There's tons of festivals. They do an annual film festival. They do an annual food and wine festival. Pride is a big, big week down there. And for LGBT communities, they do a traditional circuit party. And they also have a um, bear week in January. But there's also this beautiful church right in the middle of town. So there's not fairly often, but regularly different Catholic feast days where they'll shut down part of the streets and they just have these beautiful uh, parades and festivals. So pretty much any time of the year during peak season, you're probably more than likely going to have an opportunity to see some type of festival, just depending on you know what type of interest you have. Nice. Yeah. We talked about the all-inclusive. For me, I think all-inclusives are good for maybe like two or three days, right? Then you can gorge yourself on the food and and drinks and everything. (laughs) But after two or three days, (laughs) you're no longer eating enough and you're no longer doing enough to to make it worth your while, right? And I think you're missing out on a lot of the unique flavors and a lot of the unique foods that you can only get in those certain areas. And I think, like you said, you really need to kind of explore beyond what's just happening at the hotel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's also a really large cruise port. So, I mean, there's some really big ships that come into PV and you have your typical kind of, you know, cruise port food and beverage options and shopping and and whatnot. But to your point, uh, when I've got friends that come to PV for the first time, typically the first full day before we even hit the beach, I take them. There's this great tour called Vallarta Eats. And it's, it's a street taco tour. So you get toured around the Romantico zone. You go to no less than 10 different taco stands. And what's so fabulous is that they're pretty much on every single corner. And every family has a recipe that they call their own. 
So you've got Al Pastor, you've got barbacoa, you've got fried tacos, you've got quesadillas, you've got steak, you've got chicken, you've got a shrimp burger in one case. And the reason I love taking my friends there on day one is that these taco stands are open super late night. So once you get the lay of the land, you kind of know what you like and you go back for seconds or thirds when you're leaving the bar at, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I know that at that two or three, four o'clock in the morning, getting some nice greasy food is definitely helpful yeah, for, the, for, for, for the morning. <laughs> for, for like, for like two bucks, right? You know, it, it's like my friends are like, I can't believe how cheap this is. And it's amazing. And yeah, they all have little taco stands and you've got your chair and you sit on the sidewalk and, you know, you see the folks that are coming on the way home, it's dinner and a show. <laughs> now, speaking of chairs, one of the things that you mentioned to me in, in, uh, ahead of time was something called the blue chairs. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so farther down on the southern end of the beach, there's very well-known and kind of famous in the LGBT community, blue chairs. For the last probably 20 years, it was the last real restaurant that served on the, the the beach is public, right? So even the hotels that are on the beach, there's no private beach access or private only access on this part of the land. Okay. So you do have a lot of merchants or whatnot. Blue Chairs was the last restaurant and it's just rows of blue chairs and you know you get your buckets of beers and nachos and you just sit there, you know, under the umbrellas or get some sun. Blue Chairs is great. What about five years ago they opened up a, another larger restaurant and it's part of a resort called Mantamar and um, they're teal chairs. And so the running joke is there's, there's this big competition between, well, are you going to go to blue chairs or you're going to go to teal chairs? <laughs> so, you know, there's different demographics and different age groups that prefer one over the other, but I like mixing them up. I have a ton of fun of blue chairs. It's a little bit more, not low key, but a little bit less expensive and a little bit typical beers and buckets. And then Mantamar is kind of a little bit more fancy. They've got a pool deck on the beach. They've got cabanas and, you know, they've got sushi and sangria. So I, I like having a treat yourself day at Mantamar and then bouncing between those two spots. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All I know is when I heard chairs on the beach under an umbrella with buckets of beer, I was sold. Yep. yep for like four bucks. It's, it's, it's heaven. <laughs> oh yeah. that <laughs> I'm ready to book a flight right now. So when people get to Puerto Vallarta, how do they get around? Is it, do you need to rent a car or their taxis or the buses? What's what's the situation like of transportation? Yeah, I love – not that I love renting cars. I mean, I rent probably two to three cars a week for work. TV is the only town I don't rent a car in. You do not need to rent a car. Parking is really kind of a nightmare. Taxis are so cheap. So if you're staying in an all-inclusive more than likely, they're going to include airport transportation. If you're staying in the Romantico zone or you're staying in Altus Altus, which is some of those larger vacation homes where you can have like 10 or 12 people, I just recommend taking taxis. And the taxis are more expensive when you get picked up You know, within the airport property. Obviously, they're paying the airport commission a fee. So there's a little secret that my aunt and uncle taught me. When you get out of international arrivals, you hook a, a left and you take the pedestrian walkway that goes over the four-lane highway. And it's really not hard at all. Okay. And there's a, there's a taxi stand right there. And it's also right next to the best seafood mixed burrito you've ever had in your entire life. So that's the first thing. Like When I come to PV, the first thing I do is hook a left, go across the walkway. I order a couple burritos to go, grab a beer, and then the taxis see you sitting there. So they're basically waiting for you to go. And you can shave off 
almost 200 pesos, oh, nice. uh, which is about about 10 bucks. Not too bad. You know, I mean, the taxis are so cheap to begin with, but you know, that, that 10 bucks is another two bucket of beers later on during the week. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Just for, for listeners sake right now, when we're recording this, it's about 20 pesos or so per dollar. Uh, and whenever you pay for things, if you're using your credit card, always do it in the local currency because otherwise, if you do it in U.S. dollars, what they're going to do is they're going to make a conversion and they're going to profit on that conversion to make it uh, into U.S. dollars. So always do it in local currency and make sure you have a credit card that doesn't charge you a, a foreign uh, currency transaction fee. Yep. And and to be honest, I mean, I do pay in pesos for food, like late night tacos. With the taxi, sometimes you can even get a better deal if you just give them U.S. dollars. Pretty much anyone down here in Mexico, they'll take dollars and they'll sometimes give you a little bit more of a, prefer- a preferential rate. So yeah, it all depends on the vendor. Sure. But also just kind of keep it in mind, like know that whatever the currency conversion is, it's about 20 bucks. I'll actually put a link in the in the show notes for a foreign currency calculator that you can download and have on your phone. That way you can always kind of keep up to date with whatever the current transaction rates are. Yep. You mentioned the taxis and those of us in the States and uh, some other countries that are, it's popular, ride sharing is a thing, but it may not be the best thing in, in Puerto Verta. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I spend most of my time in Puerto Vallarta, but I also have a contract here. I'm in Cancun right now recording this, that, you know, the taxi cab uh, organizations and unions are pretty powerful. So um, they have not made it easy on Uber. Uber probably didn't do themselves any service. So you can use them. Getting using Uber at the airport is probably the only time that you're not going to run into an altercation. Yeah, if you spend a few days on the PV expat Facebook group, you'll see that taxis will block Uber drivers. There's been intentional accidents. There's been blockades. There's been strikes. There's been protests. The The taxi drivers are not concerned about causing uh, a, a stir sometimes. So I like using the taxis. They're they're perfectly fine in PV. And if just with a little research, if you know if you're renting a house or an Airbnb or if you're at the hotel, just ask the host or ask the concierge or the front desk person, like, how much should I be paying? I find that if you show just a slight amount of knowledge and negotiation abilities, you're not going to get taken advantage of. Yeah. And that's one of the things also for people that are listening that haven't been to Mexico before, it's definitely a culture where you can negotiate just about anything, right? So whatever the listed price is, if you pay that, you're definitely giving them a a huge profit. And we want them to make a profit, right? We want them to be able to make a living and pay for their bills and take care of their families. But you don't need to give them, you know, two or 300% profit. Uh, So feel free to negotiate and negotiate in good faith and, and just Make it a win-win situation for everybody. Yeah, exactly. A, a little bit of preparation, or just a little bit of research, will do you plenty well. Sure. So, one thing that we always like talking about on the show is what are some of the local food uh, places like, and some what, what are some of your favorites, and as far as things that we shouldn't miss when we come to Puerto Vallarta. Most definitely, if you are looking for amazing late night tacos, there's a uh, like a world famous Al Pastor taco stand that's right next to the the main grocery store in downtown right off the bar strip. Like you, you can't miss it. It's where everyone hangs out right next to mega. Do you know the name of that one or no? Um, it, I, it doesn't really even have a name. Like if you just ask anyone for Al Pastor, like that's just the, the, the name of the dish. Everyone will just send you to the, 
it, it's the taco stand that's right next to Mega. That one doesn't okay. have a name. Okay. Um, for a good seafood taco or seafood shrimp burger, if you go to Memos, M-E-M apostrophe S taco stand, he's right next to some of the RV stands. You can find Memos. Memos is online. Okay. For nightlife, Andales is really great. If you're ever stuck in PV during Thanksgiving or major holidays and you want to watch either a parade or sports, Steve's Sports Bar, I mean, they have all the satellite options, so that's where there's a big expat group there. And then also La uh, Margarita Bar and La Noche are are both fun uh, nightlife spots. Uh, For dinner, The Swedes is a really well-known restaurant, as well as... There used to be called, uh, it's a Riverside Grill, and they uh, are known for their brunch and menudo dishes. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, you gave us some other th- some other ones, uh, like Coco's Kitchen. You said that one is good for Thanksgiving? Yeah, so uh, that was the other one I was thinking of. Sorry, there's so many to choose from. Coco's Kitchen, I've been doing Thanksgiving pretty much every year for the last five years. Coco's Kitchen's got the best authentic turkey dinner for the price point, a, a lot of restaurants will do like a buffet. The food quality isn't that great. Coco's Kitchen, it, you get like a full plate that's mounded, piled high. The food quality is just far better than pretty much anything else you'd get. Awesome. Uh, you also gave me another one that's really good for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Freddy's, uh, Freddy's Toucan. So that's basically you can't go to PV. And not go at least once for breakfast. It's a great group breakfast uh, spot. And it's got, you know, it's your typical kind of pancake house omelet. It's got really great Mexican traditional breakfast items in addition to just kind of like pancakes, eggs, and bacon. So it's a crowd pleaser. Everyone, you can, everyone will find something they like. Okay. Okay. Now, I know every different location around the world has like certain foods or certain desserts that are really just unique to their local spot. Is there anything in Puerto Vallarta that's just really local that uh, you can't find anyplace else? There's never been like a dish where I'm like, oh, I haven't had that elsewhere in Mexico. Um, okay. I, I would say that most definitely just the, because they are on the ocean, they've got great access to all different types of seafood. So I've had all different types of ceviche. That's something that I love getting in in PV, as well as really the Al Pastor, that taco stand I I referenced next to the big mega store. That's what it's called, mega. It's probably the best Al Pastor I've had. Um, But there isn't anything like super regional or super just specific, like, oh, you only can find it in PV. Nothing like that, really. Okay. But like you said, those different taco stands, each one, each of those families have their different flavors and their own special recipe. I think that's probably the most local, unique experience that people are going to find there, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you've got the family that does the pastor, the family that does the barbacoa. One family does chicken butter. One family does steak. And then some do the soft shell, some do like a almost like pan fry it on you know it's not deep fried but it's kind of like crispy right so okay. I, I think it's all about the different types of styles of um, how they're prepared and then the best part is that these taco stands they all have these amazing salsa bars so if you're a sucker for toppings or for salsas or for fixins you know yeah. you've got the radishes the limes the pickled onions the raw onions with cilantro no cilantro and then their version of guac. It's um, kind of a smooth avocado almost sauce. So you have to be a little careful. Sometimes green is very mild and sometimes the same color green is <laughs> very hot. So you have to be a little cautious with that. Sure, sure. No, it sounds great. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty picky with my food. 
And I think it sounds like no matter what your flavors are, no matter what your tastes are, you can find something that you're going to really enjoy and you can personalize it to make it your own. Yeah. I mean, you can start with meat and cheese, right? <laughs> it's pretty basic. And what's nice is that with these, you know, with the fixins, you can really kind of add as you see fit what whatever you like. So yeah, you really can customize it for all all different types of tastes. That's really awesome. I'm ready to go eat some tacos right now. I'm yeah. <laughs> my mouth's watering a little bit. So <laughs> we're gonna have everything here that we've talked about, as well as some other things that Mike shared with me and things I've I've picked up from the Visit Puerto Rico website. We're gonna have all that in the show notes. But now it's time for the final countdown. So Mike, if a traveler only had time for one meal in, in Puerto Rico, where should they go and what should they eat? Oh, I mean, it has to be the seafood mixto burrito that's right uh, on the other side of the walkway of the airport. And the name's escaping me, but I'll be sure to give you the link to that. I know you're thinking to yourself, why is he recommending something right next to the airport? But it's super local. It's super amazing. It's oh, it's called Taco de Marlin, and okay. the the mixed seafood burrito. You've got marlin fish, octopus some shrimp as well as scallop and they grill it on oh, it's delicious that's the that's the best thing yeah my wife absolutely loves seafood so she may actually make me fly her down there just so she could get the burrito and then maybe just turn around and come back yeah. home hey so. you could do it just, <laughs> hey, just have we're going to lunch we're going for lunch right yeah yeah <laughs> So uh, you said you've been down to Puerto Rico a number of years over and over and over again. Yeah. And what's one of your most memorable stories of being in the town? I, I have to say I loved uh, doing New Year's. The first <laughs> the first New Year's I ever spent was during El Nino and it rained the almost the entire trip. And this is my oh. first time there and <laughs> everywhere I went people would be like it's never like this it's never like this it's just El Nino and it it's almost spot on every 5 to 7 years I've I've gone through two El Ninos down there now the weather is a little quirky but we've had just as much fun I mean you go thinking you're pumped for the beach and the sun and it just by day 3 of this insane monsoon rain you just kind of suck it up and you just kind of embrace it and <laughs> You still go out at night, you come back drenched, but it was great. I actually I, I made friends that I keep in touch with throughout the year and we actually go down to PV now for Thanksgiving annually. So it was a great time. That's really cool. I mean, sometimes this is just a reminder that no matter how much you plan for a trip, it's never going to go exactly the way you expect it to. But <laughs> you know what? You just have to like you said, suck it up and make the best of it and put your phone in a Ziploc bag. Yep. And you know what? If you get if you get wet, you get wet. Whatever. Like your credit cards, nothing's going to happen to them. Your money, nothing's going to happen to that. Yep. And just deal with it and just go out there and have fun. And you're going to have just awesome stories to tell later on. And it may suck while you're doing it, but you're going to laugh about it later on. Well, yeah. One of my friends was joking, you know, tequila works just the same, whether you're wet or dry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So... Where's the happiest happy hour in Puerto Rico? I love the Apaches happy hour. It's about two blocks. It's on the main drag in uh, in downtown Romantico Zone. It's two for one. The servers are hilarious. It's this little hole in the wall. There's barely probably six bar stools that are inside the bar, but most of the seating is outside on the sidewalk. Okay. And so you've just got everyone from all walks of life on that sidewalk. And so you meet people, you become friends, it's a communal table, the drinks are strong, they're two for one, and I think it goes from like five to eight. So it was a pretty long, it's a pretty long happy hour. Yeah, Apache, oh, yeah. Apache's is a good spot. 
three hours of happy hours uh, almost yeah. make you ready. You're gonna be you're gonna be asleep by eight thirty. Well, yeah, and that that's on your way home from the beach. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go, there we go. Yeah. So one of the things I always like to do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza and, and check out the local flavors. Where's the best pepperoni pizza in, in Puerto Vallarta? Yeah, so it, if you like Napoliano or you know uh, Naples style. L'Angelo di Napoli. It's right, uh, right before you cross the river downtown, and I discovered it because it's right next to the co-working space that I work oh, at okay. when I'm there. So it's killing two birds with one stone. But yeah, it's really authentic. If you like the brick oven Naples type Neapolitan pizza, it, that's the number one to try. Absolutely. So actually, you mentioned there about the co-working and. You know, you and I, we've been friends for a little bit now, and it's time to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh, yeah. Well, since 2013, I've been obsessed with co-working, which is basically just a, an obsession with being able to work wherever I'm traveling or, you know, be able to, you know, always people say, oh, I wish I could live here, right? Wherever people vacation. Co-working is just a concept that's kind of taken the world by fire. You know, there's over a million people all over the world that, because of what they do, they can work on a laptop. And as long as they have access to internet, they can you know, be gainfully employed. So that's actually one of the biggest reasons why I've made the move to Mexico and how I'm able to spend as much time as I do in PV. Before the co-working space opened, there was not fiber internet in downtown. And it's not like they put fiber because the co-working space opened the space opened because the city finally installed fiber internet. Okay. Um, the Mexican government's been incredibly proactive about uh, installing really legitimate fiber infrastructure in these tourist-powered um, you know, economies. And so before that, the most I could spend was about seven days, maybe 10, because it was impossible to do a Skype call. And, you know, I'm a consultant. I work on a variety of different projects relating to marketing, media, real estate. So I could work, but I wasn't able to really be productive. And so when the space opened in PV and the the internet finally went online, I can close contracts in the morning, get into the office early, get the day going. By 12.30, 1 o'clock, I'm done. I can go to the beach, catch some of the sun for a sunset. You know, it, it allows you to have a little bit more control over your work and your work-life balance. That sounds absolutely ideal. Yeah. So if, if anybody wants to reach out to you, well, obviously we're going to have links uh, to your website and your social media handles in the, in the show notes, but if you wouldn't mind telling everybody how to reach you. Yeah, for sure. So my website's coworkaholic.com. Just joined the Boarding Area family. So I'm, I'm super stoked to be uh, a part of the network. We blog all about things related to working remote, whether you're a digital nomad or a road warrior uh, working for a corporation. I'm on Twitter at The Coworkaholic. And then on Facebook and Instagram is just at Coworkaholic. And if you... Uh, have any questions, if you're looking for a co-working a space recommendation, I've been to over 535 countries, so chances are I've got a, a, a good spot to send you. Just drop me a line at mike at coworkaholic.com, and I'm always happy to offer a recommendation on what space you should check out. We really appreciate that. The gig economy is growing, and I think a lot more people are, are going to be interested in, uh, in everything that you have to say. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I, I think so. I mean, we, we witnessed it here, so hopefully more folks can take advantage of it. Well, perfect. Mike, thanks for your time, and we look forward to being able to visit you down in Puerto Verota. Yeah, anytime. Well, I've never been to Puerto Verota before, 
I'm ready to book a trip after hearing about that taco tour. My mouth is watering thinking about all the delicious varieties that are available. It's cool to know that while uh, PV has traditionally been a destination for snowbirds and the LGBT community, they're adding more family-friendly options. I'm adding Puerto Verta to my list of great options for a winter getaway. Spending a long weekend on the beach and exploring the city while sampling the fresh seafood sounds like an ideal way to thaw out from the winter chill. What's your favorite thing you learned about Puerto Verta, Mexico? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash PV or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Michael W. shares why we need to cross the Brooklyn Bridge and spend time in Brooklyn when we visit New York City. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you like this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.